Things We Do podcast, a podcast about films, life, culture, mental health, and all of that jazzy stuff. Today I've got my friend and special guest, Michelle. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, so, I guess I always ask this question, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a good uh, little icebreaker. But um, tell us a bit about yourself and how, you know, where you started. In, in terms of where I started in the what industry, you could just <laughs> where I started in life. Yeah, well, the day you were born to where <laughs> you are. Right. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mum. <laughs> um, no, I mean, in terms of, yeah, like being in Sydney and acting, yeah. I, well, I'm originally from Perth, so I'm a so Perth girl. You're yes. a Perth girl. I am, yeah, yeah. I've only been in Sydney, well, only, but I've been here for, I realised, six years this year. That's how long ago I moved. Okay. I try to get back home at least once a year, but like this last year with COVID, it's been a nightmare. Yeah. And I was going to go for Christmas and the borders open and then we had our freaking Northern Beaches outbreak. And, so and then all, they everything reclosed. Went, yeah. yeah. So it like reclosed real fast. But WA have been very strict with their border. Yeah. Um, well, they recently so, had a COVID outbreak to, like today. Yeah. My sister just messaged me when I was on my way here saying they've gone into a lockdown. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because they like pretty much the whole time have been really good with it. They had like such low numbers and then um, I think they just had cases only in a hotel quarantine. Yeah. Predominantly the whole time when we were crazy with community transmission, they never did. But it's a hotel quarantine worker that's like unfortunately gotten it and come into contact with like 60 people so oh you know lockdown, as, yeah. as a casual thing it's like i went outside i got covid and then i spread it yeah. um it always seems like i'm you know like just kind of like it's, i guess it's because it's really contagious and you can just get it by anything it's just kind of insane yeah um but you know it's nice that it doesn't kill everyone like yes. it's kind of like there's that <laughs> it's not great you you don't want to get it but um it is it is just kind of annoying that we have to continuously have these lockdowns and we don't know when we you know we're able to go out and we you can't really plan that far ahead yeah. like it's really hard i've found to plan only a month ahead now because you can't kind of fathom to what will happen like three months down the track. And, I know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit. I wonder when it will, you know, kind of calm down where we're not constantly like, yes, but we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I have a job now, but will I in a month? Like, yeah. I mean, like, because the you do, you do part-time work um, to kind of like also do acting mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, you know, that's doing ushering. Um, which I've done ushering and I love it. It's great. Oh, right. At the Seymour Centre, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did, I did the Seymour Centre and ushering's like a great gig. Yeah. It, it, you, generally it's a great way also networking because everyone who works at Usher is a creative at some point. Oh, yeah, Like yeah. they're all just like kind of. Like 80% of them yeah. are actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like all my friends who were there were actors or wanted to be certain, like, you know, uni students, they were studying at the same time. So it's like you kind of got all this kind of, like, creative, nice people who are all the same age or a little bit older or a little bit younger. Like, it's funny how uh, when I watch ushers now and I can always tell the good and the bad ushers and I'm just, like, judge them on how they're standing or anything. <laughs> I'm really, like, I'm really bad now because I kind of walk into theatres I'm like, okay, how are you going to deal with this patron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how – because, you know, you'd know this. There's a lot of annoyingly fucking awful patrons out there. Oh, my there. God. Honestly, customer service. Like, <laughs> kill me. It's um because what – I, you know, we probably shouldn't go too much into work. Like, but I mean, like, I think one of the worst stories is school performances for me. 
you know when um so at the CMOS Center we'd have school performances come in oh. and the parents would be like oh, I don't want to pay for a ticket. I just want to come in. Yeah, they're like, my kid's in that. So yeah. they think they can just go in. And I'm like, always like, no, I'm sorry. Like you need to pay because the people who are providing the show need the money <laughs> and uh, by law, legally obliged to kick you out. Yeah. So what do you want me to do? And they're like, oh, you know, be a nice, you know, supportive person. I'm like, no, I have to tell you what is... Like, right. Otherwise, I could get fired. Yeah. Um. So, you know, please do the respectful thing. But yeah. most of the time, parents just go, no, nope, and try and sneak in anyway. I know. The whole, like, entitled parent thing. Like, when I was working at Lyric and we had, so, like, kids, like, kind of kids shows on, like, Matilda, I guess. It was more Mat- of a kids show. Yeah. That we had, we gave out booster cushions. And, oh. but we didn't charge, which I always think was a huge fucking mistake. But basically parents just were so entitled to them. You know what I mean? They're like, my child needs a booster cushion. But they would come and ask for more than one if their kid was small and try and stack them up. And then like other kids wouldn't get them at all. And yeah, it's just like this thing where parents coming to a show for some reason yeah. can act so entitled. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that that's a, that's a kind of parent mentality and they can honestly get fucked um (laughs) but you know i would never be one of those people because i'm like look you know you said no to me i respect that fair enough i'll leave you alone now because you're doing your job and i remember there's like at my work we have one entrance which you know during certain hours you can enter which is like early morning because seven operate on this like if you start at a certain hour, they don't mind letting you in this way because it's just easy to get to the ground floor. But otherwise, if it's during the daytime, please use the main entrance because yeah. that entrance is only really used as an exit because of traffic, like essentially people walking about. And they don't want people to walk in who don't belong there. And essentially you accidentally lead someone in who shouldn't actually doesn't work there. So essentially that's why they have them saying, and I remember like one one of my mates, I was bringing back coffee and he just said, sorry, mate, you can't come in in this way. And I was like a little bit annoyed at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm a bit grumpy about it, but I also can't blame you because you are doing your job. You're telling me as an employee of this company not to enter. So I can't really disparage you and be like, screw that person. It's like, well, no, they're doing the job. So I'll go around the main. Yeah, it's like they're just doing, literally, they're just doing their job. Yeah, (laughs) and they're protecting, they're protecting the safety of the people who were already in the building. So essentially, he's entirely just saying, please enter the main way and use your pass to get in. And I'm like, cool, okay, don't. Wait, so you're telling me you didn't throw your coffee at him and have no, a I know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like break the glass and throw <laughs> my shit at him. You know, like, no, I was a very respectful human being. Wow. In my head, less so, but externally, sure. very nice. <laughs> um, but no, I, think, I feel like, yeah, there, there's a huge level of entitlement um, which comes with like people you know, in, in society. And what uh, my lesson recently is but like, let people be who they want to be, especially also like, just don't tolerate assholes and stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. essentially when you just go, you know, people are doing their job. It's their job. Leave them do it. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is why I also left the theater. Um, because I just literally had a over it. Yeah. I was so over customer service. It was so, um, it's, it's not a fun job. It's a hard job. It would, can wear you down, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I don't know how you still do it, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, my intention was not to do it anymore. But yeah. it's hard to find jobs that work around acting and auditions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like a lot of us end up in hospitality, uh, retail, or like, 
yeah, like theatres because it's night work. So like working at nights and weekends makes me free for auditions and auditions always Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard. Like if I take a different kind of job that's like part-time and maybe less customer servicey, then I'll clash with auditioning yeah. and then I'll lose what's my priority. So Which is acting. Yes. And, um, and I mean like you're very good at it. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoy your acting. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but also, I, I you know, genuinely enjoy your company. So it's like, you know, just it's nice. It's a win-win. To, it's a win-win. <laughs> I get to watch you act and I also get to hang with you. So <laughs> I think that's the kind of the best combo as well. Like when you like working with someone and it's sort of like there's a very different disconnect when you don't enjoy, you know, you enjoy the person's craft, but not the person. And I think that's a very like, uh, you know, a different working environment where it's like, I like it because we bounce off each other really well. And then we can also be like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of this? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like free kind of momentum, you know, especially when we do, you know, we've done a rehearsal and we kind of go, well, how, how do, what do you think of this? And, you know, um, but it also always changes. And I think that's really interesting about like flexibility of, you know, the craft of acting. Like what's something would, because you also like, you know doing stuff physical what's like mm -hmm. you know with voice acting or you know radio or you know is that something an avenue that you also want to try i did want to try voice acting um because one of my friends was actually working for a voice agency for a while there a couple of years ago and i really wanted to um like get um like go to a studio you know what i mean and get like a recording so i could start sending out to voice agencies yeah. but i just haven't done it yet um sometimes i do wonder though like i think you have to be able to change your voice quite a lot you know you've got to like hit the right tone for whatever you're, you're yeah, yeah, doing yeah. um so it's definitely a skill within itself and it's not like i'm trained in it but i think it could be fun and i think it's like a, what a lot of actors do when they're as a way to earn income yeah. between actual acting jobs um i've heard there's a lot of money in voice acting actually yeah. So it's something I would consider. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm in an age range in terms of like the sound of my voice that's quite um, busy, in t like with uh, already actors on books for like the age range of like, you know, early to late 20s. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that sound like me. So I don't I, know if it would be so easy to get signed, but I, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be great. And I think, I'm, you know, like I always want to put you in stuff and be like, um it's <laughs> nice to know but yeah like I'm, I'm gonna continue working with you you know hopefully years to come um but until you get bored of me uh, <laughs> but um no i feel like you have a very distinct voice as well which is good like you know you have a real kind of like energy about you which i think is also like you know you get a lot of people i think the thing that people as actors don't realize is like it's not about comparing yourself to others it's always about trying to do the best you and and also like working with what you can yeah like and what you can like extrapolate being your unique self or whatever and yeah. not trying to be other people yeah. um is that something that you try and strive to do is to be yourself or do you try and like strive to be a, a kind of blend a little bit with no other? i mean i definitely would say that i just try to be myself but there's a lot of emphasis on branding for actors and that's one thing that i think i'm trying to kind of work out like what my brand is you know what i mean like i don't want to pigeonhole myself and i like to think that i can um, obviously as an actor, do a lot of different things. Like mm. I can, um, you know, present in different ways. But some of what I've started to learn is that casting directors automatically brand you. So they'll see you in a very specific way and that you should work towards that, at least to get in rooms and be seen and get a name for yourself. Um, 
But it's hard. Like, I just want to be myself at the same time, you know? Yeah. I feel like you're very unique. It's also, um, you know, I get you don't want to pigeonhole yourself, you know, and I also know that you're a huge Buffy fan and also, <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of roles I that I, I, yeah, you adore Buffy and you kind of adore the the weird, quirky characters as well. You really like different, I guess, fantasy roles and different kind of characters rather than just your straight damsel or like you know natural person do you agree with that as well yeah i mean i well it's like i think it's what i like watching i definitely um you know i was such a fucking hardcore buffy fan (laughs) (laughs) i really was but i don't know like i i think i suit kind of i actually probably think i suit realist drama yes um but it's fun to like do fantasy and to do different like like horror and stuff like that. I think there's more fun in doing that than just doing like, you know, dramas. Um yeah. I do agree. There's something there's something quite fun about it and different. And it's why I always stem back to it. I couldn't do a straightforward drama. Yeah, I'm that's just, what you like like what horror, I, um, sci-fi, kind I of like, like fantasy. Yeah, fantasy, horror and sci-fi. I like my three favorite genres and historical as well. I love historical things because yeah, it's just cool. fun. But I always try and incorporate some sort of weird fantasy element to it just to be more fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think within terms of my style of writing as well, which I think suits a person like you a lot because, you know, they're generally quite quirky, mm-hmm. like um, different roles. But I mean, um, yeah, it's always about you know, trying to challenge the characters, but also know that base them on people I know a little bit as well, because that's where the fun thing happens. Like create this world, but also kind of base it a little bit on reality. So do you write with people in mind? I do sometimes, do? yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I do a lot of writing with people in mind. Yeah. And then, um, but also just, you know, different voices. And I know, I always know who I can picture in certain roles and be like, oh, they'd be perfect. Um, and I generally have like a short list that I always write up. And yeah. like, I know that, you know, this person, this person, this person I've done. Um, yeah, it always sort of changes. Like it always, you know, when you write and you direct and then also you do different things, you always have like cast members in mind and kind of like roles in mind. But I think it's also after I meet people and after I kind of like form a relationship with them, I start to know kind of more about them and I know what kind of characters like could play yeah, rather so than just what, what yeah. And also kind of what they want to do, like yeah. what they want to challenge themselves in, because I think that's half the fun. It's kind of them going to me and going, I want to try this. Okay, let's do it rather than going, nah, you don't really suit that. And it's like, no, let's give it a shot because then it, what's going to happen is yeah, it's more fun to push yourself. Yeah. And try something different. Um, and I think that's it's such a supportive environment as well, because like last in twenty twenty, um, I had some of the best experiences because everyone I got to challenge myself as a creator. So I did a whole bunch of stuff that I've never done before, and I think that's really fun because it really pushes you out of like you know the comfort zone of what you can achieve. And now you know knowing that I can do better and I can always continuously improve but I understand more means I can push myself more. It's always, yeah. It's always like a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a learning curve. I I don't like it when people go, oh, I don't like this, but you know, I'm not going to learn anything. And I'm like, every experience is a learning curve. You will learn something new every day and just challenge yourself. Um, Like is, is that, you know, that must've been one of the reasons you got into acting is kind of like continuously challenge yourself as a person. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Well, I, I, (laughs) I threw that right back (laughs) at you. Um, 
No, I do like a challenge and I do like trying new things. Like when you first approached me and asked me if I wanted to do the Doctor Who scene, part mm-hmm. of the reason I really wanted to do it is because, well, one, it's a period drama and I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, cool costumes. <laughs> um, but also like, you know, doing an accent and like yeah. um, being an actual character, like obviously like finding it within myself as well, but it's like really a character role and yeah. that excited me because a lot of what I've done so far is definitely more like kind of realism and like close to who I am as a person on, you know, not too far of a stretch. I like the idea of doing something that's completely different. Yeah. And I, and I like that because, you know, I think that kind of threw you a curveball as well to do something a bit different. I love, you know, we're still trying to keep that one very period because I want to shoot that in this period piece. It's just working out logistics to do oh, a period. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's where that comes in a complication. But the set. I, <laughs> the set and everything. And it's just kind of like, it, it, at the moment, it's just like on a 2BC date that we will film. But I'm very excited to shoot it because we kind of know what we're doing with the scene, which I think is a lot. We had that rehearsal day, which I really think helped everyone understand what the scene was doing. Yes. Which really helped eye open but also as a directing point of view, I knew exactly what I wanted. It's now just working out the technical aspects to get that working because it's really not that hard to shoot. It's just kind of like getting everyone in the same location at the yeah. same time and then shooting it because it will be a big day. Yeah. It will essentially be very quite a long day, but also a lot of like back and forth and a lot of, you know. But everyone had great comedy moments. Like everyone had these great little cute comedy moments and I loved that because everyone was bouncing off each other really well. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun scene. Yeah, so it was really kind of like, um, you, you know, everyone had a different beat and and they were also all reacting off each other. So it was a really kind of different scene. But I also think when I reached out to you about Jenga um, was – I think, you know, also with that, it's a very big, great horror mm-hmm. trailer, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I think it's also like something that I thought would be also a different challenge for you. Because one, the character is a little bit similar. To, you know, you can base it a little bit more off yourself because it's a very loose thing. But you can we can also have fun with it because we can, you know, it's meant to be like a send-up of 90s and 80s and 70s horror. Yeah, it's so, like a spoof, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a massive spoof of when you always see these horror villains and they're ludicrous, you know. I love that idea of like someone being killing people because of Jenga, yeah. you know, just like a ludicrous jigsaw kind of person. So I thought who would be better than, you know, you to have fun with that as well because that project also was like the first time for me. It's really low budget. I get to do all the cinematography for a change, which is unheard of, um, <laughs> and I get to light it all. So a Go lot on. of the time is me going and saying to everyone, being like, we really only get one or two takes and then we have to move on to the next shot. So the challenge with that is everyone has to really think fast about what performance they want to do because they can get a, sh- you know, they can change it up if it's a wider shot or anything, but don't feel hesitated to throw an idea out because the whole environment's meant to be really encouraging of go, oh, what about this shot? I have an idea for a shot. Cool, let's try it. Cool. Done. So it's kind of like almost improvised. In yeah. A way. It's a collaboration improvisation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I think works about this because it's also everyone learning. It's a very learning kind of exercise exercise and how much blood we can get on ourselves and you know like um you know i have every image of everyone holding axes and getting blood drenched (laughs) on them so it's like a lot of a lot of fun but you know that's i think a very big you know i'd say anxious and you know part of myself but also wanting something i want to challenge myself in because you know 
the funny thing was both you and I were also anxious at the rehearsal that <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, I remember we um, said after. Yeah, we both messaged each other and we're like, we're really anxious about that. <laughs> um, because the funny thing is, you know, I think it's also the thing that if people look at us and go, oh, they're not really anxious people. No, yeah, people are very surprised to find out I'm like introverted and, and have like social anxiety and yeah. stuff. They're like, what? <laughs> but I'm an introvert too and I'm like, you know, like I don't really – I like attention but only when it's like from a – creative point of view not from a personal point of view right yeah it's like very funny where i'm like but then i'm doing a podcast and kind of like throwing myself out there i was really stressed about the first so the first episode when this is being recorded has just been released and that to me was the most nerve-wracking thing because people hear about myself so i was like i'm not comfortable with this a little bit a little bit nervous to being like having a conversation that's also a little bit about me it's cool that you did it then you pushed yourself i know but it's always like um you know, that, that's part of human growth. Like, but I think it's very funny because we messaged each other after this rehearsal and we just said to each other, we're very anxious. And I think it was that point it clicked for me as well, like how, you know, how similar we are yeah. as people just being like these little anxious balls. Yeah, of I was like, it's fine. You didn't seem anxious. And, and I was like, you were anxious. You didn't seem anxious. And then you were like, you were anxious. You didn't seem anxious. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was so anxious. <laughs> and then like looking back and I was like, yeah, we both were. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you're, because I have social anxiety as well. Like, um, you're actually, you know, the, you were the one who also was like, let's make for coffee and, like, get to know each other. So, mm. so you do throw yourself out in the deep end and try and, like, push yourself. Yeah. But, you know, I guess, yeah, with you, with your anxiety, what do you find the most anxious? Like, do you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, well, it is like that, like social anxiety. Usually I'm worse in bigger groups though, which yeah. is why I like going for a coffee. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. But also like the importance of networking and meeting people that you're going to work with. You know what I mean? I feel like I'll be calmer um, for rehearsals or on set if I've already kind of met the person. Yeah. And that's why I was like, let's go for coffee. Um, but it's more like big group anxiety so like the rehearsal where there was like a lot of people that i didn't already know you know what i mean but i'm very good at covering it up which is why people are like what you don't <laughs> seem like you have anxiety at all but i'm like no i'm overcompensating <laughs> i'll just talk a lot at you and you'll never know <laughs> was that like when did you realize you were a very anxious person um i don't know i think i kind of always have been so i've probably always known to a degree yeah but yeah, I think, well, with this, in, like, you know how you were saying before, you've interviewed people um, in this industry that don't have any anxiety. Yeah. And I'm like, who are these <laughs> mystical yeah, who, creatures? Who are they? <laughs> who are these unicorns? Because um, I think in this industry, it's hard not to. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, um, you require kind of constant resilience and like the the rejection that you're constantly undergoing as well kind of I think breeds anxiety yeah but it's more like you know they've always said you have to have thick skin in this industry and you really do you have to just learn to not take things personally and um that's been like kind of pivotal for me in terms of I guess maintaining my anxiety around auditioning and things like that it's like getting to a place where I'm like okay I didn't get chosen this time that part just wasn't for me yeah you know and I think yeah, that's how, like, mine manifests a little bit as well. I've kind of, like, got, you know, in the last year gotten really quite good at it now. But I used to, you know, I'm on medication. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, really reduced it down to kind of, like, a base level where it's, cool. like, a little bit anxious. But I went for a blood test recently. I used to hate blood tests. I yeah. would freak out. I'd have a big anxiety attack. I'd not be able to cope. And they were, like, went to the doctors and they were, like, oh, we'll have to give you a blood test. Like, is it okay to do that today? And I just went, yep. 
And then within five minutes, I had a blood dike and I was like, normally I'm terrified of this and oh I just goodness. felt fine. And I was like, don't know what happened. Like my brain just separated everything and just went, cool, okay, this is very calm. But I think it was because like um, the medication probably helps like reduce a lot of it. But I've had now coping mechanisms. You know, I see a therapist and I, you know, openly talk that I've got mental health issues. Yeah, I think that for me makes me feel a little bit safer. Like a little bit happier to kind of talk about it. Because if someone turns around to me nowadays and goes, oh, fuck, you have like mental health. I go, fuck you. Like, yeah, like yeah. who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't these days? Um, but I mean, like, yeah, w- when we talk about people who don't have mental health in this industry, it is quite terrifying. Like, you're like, wh- why? Yeah. Um, because it's <laughs> so how. like dominating. But I think also what I like about it is I think, you know, with us in particular, it's nice. It's a little bit nice to have our own like introverted selves and be able to be like, oh, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to stress about it and kind of like, you know, enjoy that. I think people who are extroverted and really be like out there and like stuff, we kind of like like them, but we just don't want to be that. Yeah. We're just kind of like, yes, we're, yeah, know, exactly. we're home. And, um, you know, it was like I went out, I went out with my partner the other night and she just went and chatted to everyone. And I just sat there going, oh, wow. I'm going to be quiet and <laughs> just, just sit there. But it was very interesting because we were chatting about it afterwards. And she was like, that's fine. Like you do you, like, I'm not going to stress about it, but just expect me to kind of like be energetic. And, you know, I get very social and I like talking to a lot of people. Um, But, you know, she didn't have anything worry. She wasn't like, oh, I have to worry about you or anything like that. She's like, that's who you are. And if you want to just talk one-on-one with someone, that's fine. Like, yeah, so it was cool. a very supportive yeah um like you do your thing and what makes you feel comfortable and i'll check in on you but i you know just also don't be surprised if i'm like talking to 10 people in a big group oh wow yeah um she can command a conversation yeah (laughs) um she just gets very excited about you know meeting new people and stuff and i think that's great um but you know i think vibing off those people where i know i like coming home and i like relaxing Mm -hmm. and everything that's who i am i'm like a hundred year old person just like i will (laughs) you're an old soul i'm an old soul and i'm just like chill here um but i think i've always been like that i used to my parents have always said oh but you talk like no tomorrow and i'm like yeah but i talk to be comfortable when i'm comfortable Mm. i talk like no tomorrow when i'm not comfortable i don't talk at all and that's very different yeah um you you know like you and I chat a lot, but you know I notice when now, like I think you're very comfortable though. Like the difference between, like you know when when we're in that group of people, you mm-hmm. be you didn't say much. Like I I think that was like the first thing I noticed. Like as well, um, you were just very like quiet and like mm-hmm. didn't really question much. Um, you know how do you kind of com- um push that away? Like, especially when you're, you know, after you start knowing people, are you a bit louder on set or you're a bit louder? Yeah, I think if I'm, um, say I'm with friends that I'm comfortable with um, or that I've known for a long time, I'm a completely different person. You know what I mean? I'm honestly like, even though I'm an introvert and I'm relatively shy and quiet, I'm not like that with the people that I'm closest to and that know me. So I think it's a case of like, if you know me, you know how funny I am or how like (laughs) extroverted I actually am. Yeah, It's more like, once I'm comfortable with someone, yeah. that's when I'm more myself. I think, anyway. Do you, were you like that with the dating scene, or were you? Are you very much a hopeless? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. I mean, I don't think I, I'm not like the kind of person to approach someone and ask someone out. Right. Like you know, like so, people that have such bravado that'll just go and like ask for someone's number, or like that's definitely not me. So Amy was the one who had to kind of approach you. I think it was relatively mutual with us when we got together. 
Um, I'm trying to remember, but it was like I knew I thought she was cute, and but it was like a drunken Christmas party. You know what I mean? I probably had like Dutch courage. Like, <laughs> I was like pretty drunk. Um, but I think we both knew that each other maybe was a bit interested in the other. And yeah. Then, like alcohol helped that situation. A- alcohol helped. Yeah. Didn't it? But I mean, for me as well, like a lot of the time, people like don't know I'm gay you know what I mean like I I think that it's like um generally a surprise or it's like you know if you're not at a gay club like as a gay girl how do people know you're gay you know what I mean yeah yeah how old were you when you realized um oh gosh I think I was like quite young to be honest I think I was like in high school, like 14 or something, when I started to realize I was like crushing on girls yeah. um, and that maybe it was like, I don't know, not just like, you know, innocent, yeah, innocent girl crush and like a phase, I would be genuinely really interested in my friends. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're like, mm, Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think I, I worked it out pretty young, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I came out pretty young as well. Actually. Wow. So you were really kind of like, Gone home with it. I guess so, yeah. I was like, let me out those ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like for me, I didn't, I knew I liked girls from a young age, but I think the liking boys was kind of a very later oh, thing. Yeah. It was like, it was definitely my teens. Like, mm-hmm. I started probably about 14, 15, about, you know, same time as you, but I didn't come out until much later right. because I was, I think the dynamic was I was very embarrassed by it all. Um, cause I didn't know how to like, I think I was 18 when I kissed the first ever guy and I was like, you know, I was like, okay, damn, I like this, you know, Mm -hmm. this is surprising and also, but also not surprising, Yeah. but I think it's also, I realized how like dominating guys are as well. So I was a little (laughs) bit like, oh boy, this is quite terrifying. Like this, you know, you're very attractive, but please, oh God. (laughs) Um, see a lot of that was like my kind of like change and you know and a, but yeah when I definitely started realizing I was like no this is kind of a serious thing I'm really very interested in guys and I'm mm-hmm. very attracted to guys as well that was kind of when it was like clicked for me and I was like probably about 25 26 when I started kind of like going oh no I am bye I'm like yeah so did yeah. you go through like a con- kind of a confusion yeah stage I did I went like, I don't know what I am yeah, yeah it was a very much confusion stage and I came out the other side and being like you know what, this is who I am and who the fuck cares. Yeah. Um, like, I think, uh, you know, th- th- this is also the kind of thing I think everyone kind of goes, you know, I know friends who are bi as well, mm-hmm. who have only ever had, um, you know, uh, you know, straight sex or anything like that, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. Like, they've only sex with, um, slept with the opposite gender. I have been, like slept with both so it's like for me it's very much like i can go okay well i like both but i think for them it's also like they you know people go when you're bi they're like oh but you know you haven't slept with them it's like well no they still it doesn't change how they feel yeah if they identify as that and that's yeah. how they feel and i think um like i know a lot of people who are gay who ended up sleeping with people who you know the opposite gender who were you know for a while to cover that up i think it's more guys who did that for yeah. a period i think girls nowadays are very confident and just going no nah, i'm gay and just leave it to be it mm-hmm. um but you know i feel like growing up 
yeah, it was very different because I remember a lot of female friends coming out very early and it not being acceptable for guys. Yeah, there was definitely and probably still is more of a stigma attached for gay guys, which sucks. But like that, I think is a lot of the experience for gay guys where they feel more shame around coming out, you know, because there's such a um, bigger stigma attached to it, which is really fucked to be honest yeah i i mean it's also like this industry that we're in this is the thing as well our industry is very like weird about like still to this day like we have a lot of characters on screen who are gay or trans or you know any kind of like um lgbtq you know spectrum but i mean like we still are as an industry very strangely off about all these things when you employ people and like oh you know like um you know the, the, the whole like Ruby Rose thing when she was cast as Batwoman and I think everyone was like oh but you're only casting her because she's gay was and there it was, controversy around that it was controversy that? around that yeah no. it was like huge so it was like all these funny things where it's like you know the straight actors have played gay characters and you know like you know actors play different roles all the time yeah. like and a lot of the industry actually is also like gay <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of actors are it's not unheard of but I think people kind of like put it into a category they always go like you know you can't be these things in this industry i think there's a lot of it is changing but i used to i think it is still kind of like progressing it's definitely getting better Mm. um but it's like a slow progression really Mm. i mean i think within the last couple of years there's been obviously like more of an emergence for of lgbtq um plus stories and you know like trans actors and yeah and it's gotten a lot more inclusive which is so good yeah but i guess it's like when will it be 50 50 you know what i mean like when will it will it just be so kind yeah. of normalized and i don't think we're there yet no and i mean like i think that's kind of like the the thing i like writing you know this is this is my like i was telling this about my with my partner i really like writing female roles and i think growing up for me it was because i always wanted to be a girl like, it was very much an identity thing. I related to girls and I wanted to, you know, be like them and kind of, like, associate like them. I wasn't interested in cars or anything mm-hmm. like that. That was stereotypical boy thing. But I remember chatting to my mom the other day because there's a whole interesting, you know, thing about growing, growing children up now in a gender-neutral kind of, like, environment so they can choose whatever pronouns they want to use and everything. And my parents did the kind of exact same thing. They didn't really put any pressure on my brother and I to be any certain way. Oh, they yeah. just were like, you know, you like theatre, let's go to the theatre. Yeah. You like film, let's go to the film, let's go to cafes. Like, there was just kind of like things that happen. And I really think that was quite nice because now I'm just like, hey, I'll be myself. But I still meet people who are like, oh, you wear nail polish, that's weird. Like, yeah, yeah. and you're a guy. And it's like, mm, yeah. why is that a thing? But I feel like people are questioning that a lot less now. Like, I think the, it's funny because, yeah, like, you know, people you know, you saying people don't know you're anxious or gay. It's like, does it matter? Yeah, like, do, do, exactly. should it, should they be asking you these questions? Yeah. Do you feel like that? Who are asking you these questions? <laughs> well, I mean, no one's really, that's the thing. I guess it's like, no one really asks, you know what I mean? But then, which isn't a bad thing, but it's more like, then you don't want them to be surprised or shocked or yeah. confused or whatever if you are, you know what I mean? It's just, but I think that also that's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, like, I think back in the past, I would maybe be more anxious about like saying if I had a girlfriend or like coming out, you know what I mean? Whereas now I don't think that I, well, to be honest, I don't even give it a second thought. So, like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think it was like, I found, 
I knew when I reached out to you, I, I knew you had a, um, a partner. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, because I found your Instagram. And I was like, oh, oh right. Amy, yeah, Amy yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, cool. She has a partner. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't even think twice. And then it was like, you know, but I just don't think twice about that stuff because yeah. I know I grew up with gay friends. So it's like, it doesn't really phase me. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that's kind of like, you know, people who look at those profiles and go, you're gay. It's like, shut the fuck up yeah I, it's weird it's like I surround myself with gay people and I live in like relatively gay suburbs or like I feel like I'm almost in a bubble where I forget that there's a lot of the world that are still so like homophobic you know or like because yeah. I'm, I'm not really I don't really put myself in those situations necessarily but that's good yeah and I mean like why would I but yeah I kind of gravitate towards queer places and queer people and like yeah so yeah i mean that's kind of like a lot of my friends are very queer so it's like yeah um i think that's how i do it as well i'm kind of like oh you're queer we'll get along like house on fire um but yeah it's just kind of like a loving you know also this is the thing what do you what do you think of the you know when someone's queer or you know like i think there's a little bit of your hair your brain that goes i think they're queer oh i have such good gator like (laughs) honestly yeah did you suspect me when we first met um a little bit yeah (laughs) but i think you you told me pretty early on yeah i did so i didn't really it's not like i met you and then was like i think i already knew when we went for coffee yes you'd already mentioned i think when we had a zoom call yes i did Um, um but I think you were still inkling. I think you still. Yeah, I mean, I probably looked at your Facebook and was like, "Hmm." <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's funny because I know a couple of friends who were very straight, mm-hmm. and they're like, I thought for a period of time, oh god, they're gonna think it's really weird that I'm bi, and you know, but they don't. They don't think twice about it. And I'm like, cool, then done. That's yeah, why they don't good care. <laughs> um, but I definitely think. <laughs> I remember coming out to my parents. It was via Instagram because oh mom, mom was like messaged me and she goes, I didn't know you were bi. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, mom, you should have like, did you never pick up on this on years? Like, you know, listening to David Bowie and kind of like right. all these things and like, you know, getting very much crushes on, you know, actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. No. But what do you mean you came out on Instagram? Like, so, no, I she... didn't. I did, So I posted something after two years of coming out on Instagram because it was like yeah Pride Week and stuff and right, so I just did yeah. a post and I was like oh this is nice and then mum found out right. and that's how she found out okay. so it wasn't really coming out I just it was like coming out to my parents because everyone else knew except yeah. apparently my mum and dad but they sound very accepting <laughs> yeah they were yeah. They're, very, they're very nice the following I think it was a couple of nights later mum was like oh you know I can't wait to meet a nice girl or boy oh, so it was very like that. thanks mum like, <laughs> thank, thank you you understand um, but yeah I remember like yeah it was definitely Definitely a very different learning curve because I remember when I was dating a guy for a period of time, it was all very new. And I remember mm-hmm. taking to talking to him and being like, let's take this slow. And, you know, like, because I kind of don't want to rush this and kind of like have an overload of everything as well. Because even though I know what I want, I'm kind of just also still learning the yeah, ropes. Yeah, and you're like experimenting. Yeah. Even, yeah. Um, but I, th- I, th- I feel like a lot of people kind of just go, you know, they want to jump straight away to the like the deep end. And you're yeah. like, you're also like, no, you know, you go- it's kind of a weird thing as well. Like it's like everyone's first experience uh, you know, of just like taking things slow, and I like that. I like kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, people like peep out of the closet a little bit, yeah. and then they go back in. Yeah, and they, they just... pull a foot out, and then they go back in. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's kind of like just my entire <laughs> my entire like adolescence is just knowing knowing a lot about like you know uh, you know I think it was about thirteen 
Yeah, my, okay, this is this is one of the early things that I knew I was a little bit curious. Went to the 13 and I looked at how guys had sex with each other oh, really? in, a, in a book and I was like, hmm. <laughs> mm. And I was like, like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, okay, cool. This will be, this will oh be something gosh. I want to try. That's uh, so funny. But I, I mean, like knowing that years later, I can always pick up on the signs of, you know, knowing yeah. what I was like. It's very funny having this disconnect of your childhood self and discovering who you were. Oh, yeah. And then you look back and you're like, oh, my God, how did I? You're yeah. like, you can see all the little like. Um, signs, you know, yeah. I mean? and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> they're all, they're all there. Yeah, it's the same. Like, um, I think, you know, the the thing that also I love, um, especially with, you know, the arts is how how you can do those characters and you know make them really, you know, because nowadays we can also see characters who were very much like didn't grow up like us, where we kind of like knew, but we also didn't know when to come out and everything yeah. like that. Now characters are like coming out when they're like six years old and yeah, they know they're yeah. gay and then just like, okay, cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like, I mean, the only characters I'd probably never write would be trans characters because I, not because I don't want to, but just because I don't entirely understand kind of what they want to go through i'd need to do a lot of talk to trans people yeah, and right. understand their journeys because i feel like there's a little bit of journeys that i still don't fully understand of their journey i think it's a little bit different to identifying uh you know within a gender fluidity and stuff i think with trans people it's a little bit kind of like you don't want to upset them and hurt their because i feel like the you know the danish girl was a really important film mm. But everyone copped a lot of flack because of Eddie Redmayne playing the main role. So that was kind of like something that I don't, if I were to ever create something, I'd really want to, you know, like it's like creating any story about a you know, race that you don't know anything about. Yeah, exactly. You, you want, want to be authentic and yeah, to so be you, their story. Yeah, and do a lot of research mm-hmm. into it because I feel like not enough people do any research. Um, like what's a, have you ever worked on something where you knew the script was bad or you knew... It was not, you know, but you were just like, I'm going to do this anyway. I mean, I tend to try to avoid awful scripts um, or things that I think don't sit right with me. So I Mm. wouldn't say I've attached myself to anything that like, I'm like, oh, this shouldn't be written by this person. Um, But in terms of like my own writing, I guess I've had a similar thing where I like don't want to write somebody else's experience that isn't mine. So say if I was going to write... you know, like about a trans character, I would probably want to speak to one of my trans friends or, you know what I mean, have them almost like co-write with me so that it is really authentic and it's not me like, you know, speaking from a voice that's not my own. Yes. Um, But yeah, I haven't haven't been in anything or done anything like that yet and I would hope not to in a way. Like I'd hope to avoid anything that was like going to be controversial. Yeah. Um, But it's hard at the moment in a way as well. It's like... There's there's a lot of changes with what's acceptable and what's not. Even in terms of like um, straight actors playing gay roles now and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know. I remember reading an article of someone saying that straight actors shouldn't be playing gay roles anymore. Yeah, I, I'm like, I don't know. I was a little bit confused it's by pretty, that. Yeah, it's pretty controversial, but I mean, everyone has their own opinion on it. I I kind of think it should should be the best actor for the yes. job, even if it is a straight actor. But if they're you know, if they do their research and they fully commit and it's done in a respectful way and they're the best actor for the job, that is what acting is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, I think if it's open to gay actors as well and everyone auditions, the best actor gets the job. Yeah. Um, 
but it's definitely controversial because there are a lot of people that think that only gay actors should be playing gay roles. But then it's like, okay, well, then does that mean that gay people can't play straight roles? Because I still want to be able to be cast as a straight woman. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, oh, it's I, interesting. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, you know, you know, the character you play in the Doctor scene, you know, is non you know, we don't know. We don't know, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think she's straight because it's talk about like uh, the guy dying in war is also her lover or something like that. That, that oh. I think that was kind of like the plot line where it's right. like she has a partner, but he died in war and her brother came back and all this stuff. I'm I'm a little lost because I listened to it a while ago and I forgot about that detail. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really like if there's no gender. Well, uh, sorry, if there's no sexuality specific. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, it's, as you say, best actor for the role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I think it's also what I, when I read some people who are like, oh, I'm going to cast, you know, like, oh, this gay characters, they need to have a, a sex scene. I'm like, why? Why? That's something I see a lot right. in, in films. And I kind of also, like, I think that that kind of, there's a lot of sex scenes in films now. I don't know why. Mm. There seems to be more and more. And I don't think it was introduced by Game of Thrones. <laughs> Because I watched, uh, I think it was called Anna, Ammonite. Uh, Ammonite. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I with want Kate to. Winslet yeah, yeah. and Saoirse Ronan. Oh, I enjoyed good. elements of it. Okay. And I think I enjoyed the plot line of them talking. But there was a quite a long sex scene in it. Oh, yeah. And I just kind of, like, I was like, okay, cool. This is kind of, like, interesting. But I also didn't feel like it was relevant. I felt like it really took me out of it because I wasn't unsure, I wasn't entirely sold on their relationship of being ah. two gay women, just especially in the era. Yeah, it was right. very kind of like I thought this was because there's no historical evidence to either of them being gay, which I think is where I was kind is of it like, based on a true story. So it's based on a true story oh, of their right. friendship, right? Okay. And all we know is about their friendship. We don't know about any other backstory. So I felt like this was a little bit kind of like a either a jumping in the field. Or kind of like going, maybe I don't know enough about this thing, but I feel like this kind of didn't flow as organically as it could have. It was just two women who didn't feel like they connected with the world and then found connection through each other. And I was like, oh, that could have taken the form of a friendship or a relationship. But I felt like it was like a little bit strange that, but it's interesting because it's gotten like my mum and I didn't enjoy it, but I know so many people who also enjoyed it and thought yeah. it was really good. And there are a lot of them are women and I'm just like, cool. Okay. Well, it works for you, but it didn't work for me. And I was, I don't know quite why it didn't sell me. I didn't feel like it was believable. Right. Um, oh, I have to go see it. And yeah, I'd be intrigued. Yeah. I'd be intrigued because I want your opinion because like, it's an interesting film and it's well made, but I just don't know why I wasn't sold on it entirely. Right. Um, well, maybe, I mean, in terms of the sex scene, maybe they were trying to do a, like, blue is the warmest colour. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, like, a really long sex scene just for shock value or something? I don't know. Well, blue is the warmest colour is a good film except for the really Oh, like, it's so uncomfortably long. It's so uncomfortably long. And it's also, like, I find it really interesting because I read an article about it ages later and how inaccurate it also is. In, as a sex scene it's uh, not very well it's elements of it there's a certain thing in it where i'm like that's not a hundred percent i'd like accurate i don't know because I've, it's just but full on it goes it yeah, goes so long. Just so um, long i think i think it was like a you know the whole scissoring part mm-hmm. was like the part where everyone was like i don't believe that is like i feel like that's a straight man kind of situation well it was written by yeah it was straight right. man, so. um Sex in, like, movies used to be glorified. And now I think it's a lot more realistic. I think it's a lot more, you know, this is how it is. And this is, like, sometimes as shit as it can be and how good it can be. Like, it's very much more realistic in films and TV than it used to be. Kind of like in the Hollywood. Everyone's having great sex. and Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> everything's like you know this is this is how you have sex a lot of it is uncomfortable like yeah or awkward. Uh, or awkward. <laughs> like, um like i remember you know they never teach you that actually at school about any of that as well no they really don't like how is it growing up because i noticed something as well when they told a lot about like how guys have sex but not how girls do like in high school was that similar yeah, to you? Yeah, they also don't, I mean, I don't know what they do now, but they don't cover, um, you know, non-heterosexual sex. No, they don't. And so I don't know if that's a change now within high school systems, if they're starting to address that not everyone has <laughs> heterosexual sex, but I don't know. I'm like, just just teach people, like, what the basics are. Like, you know, <laughs> the, here's the basics of what you can do with anyone and let's work yeah. up to what you can do with different people. Like... Um, but the basics, you know, I feel like that was funny because when a kid, you know, I remember this article, like girls can't enjoy orgasms or stuff like that. And I'm like, girls can have as many orgasms what? as they want. Yeah, what? That's like, you know, um, in fact, it's like, yeah, there's all these kind of like controversial, uh, different articles and, you know, girls are faking it or, and stuff like this. And it was just like very early, like late nineties, early two thousands stuff right. when I remember going through high school. And nowadays it's very much like yeah, you know, the, the information is galore on the internet. You can mm-hmm. find almost anything if you have a question. Doctor Google will answer. Oh yeah, you'll think you're dying though. Um, yeah, I know. Um but I mean like I feel like now that as a society we also are very much more able to have like, you know, um festivals that promote sex and, you know, and safe sex and all that stuff. I feel like I remember God, how old was I? I must have been about 14. I was at a Mardi Gras and this girl handed me a condom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, she must have been like 24. And I think you she was 14. I was 14. Wow. I was with my parents or something yeah. like that. And she was like, here you go. And I'm like, thank you. I'm not going to use this oh anytime soon. So um, but I feel like there's a lot less shame in also um, when you have sex or when you like kind of than it used to be you remember high school was like everyone you had to kind of hit milestones mm-hmm. was that like you growing up in high yeah, school yeah for sure yeah it was like weirdly competitive in a gross way you know yeah. what i mean but yeah i don't know it's interesting though because again it was also heterosexual you know <laughs> what i mean it was just like and if you start to realize you're gay when you're in high school but i mean at the moment like I think even, I mean, what's that new film? Um, I haven't watched it yet on Netflix, The Prom, which is about oh, yes. like the two girls that want to go to their prom together. Like I think now. That um, was advertised poorly, by the way. It like, was it was, actually, it was so yeah. badly advertised. It was advertised as a musical. and I Is think, it not a musical? I think it is a musical, but I did had no idea what it was about. All I yeah. knew it was called The Prom and it, it had this list good, in it. Um, quite big cast in Yeah, it, it does. I really need to watch it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I think now in high school most well, like, it's more of a lived experience at the moment where people are coming out younger. People are, like, yeah, you know, more well accepted to take their girlfriend to the prom if they're a girl. Like, yeah. Or whatever we say in Australia. But, the, yeah, like, it's, like, slowly changing. Yeah, because when did you graduate from high school? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. A long time ago. Was it over really <laughs> It was in Perth, yeah, before I, like, well before I moved here because then I went to uni and did my bachelor of english and creative writing 
Oh, yes, because um, you write. Yes, yes, which... I do. Well, I don't – I have – oh, my God, I'm so bad. I'm not um, well enough disciplined to be doing it as often as I should be. But I was I a like writer we... before I was an actor. Actually. I feel like we should write something together. This would be a fun exercise. It could be, yeah. I would love to write something with you. I cause... don't think I've ever written anything horror, though. Like That's horror fine. We could, write, or... we could write sci-fi. We could write whatever fantasy. We could do anything. Mm. I am open like a – like anything, I like I like genres. Um, what would you want to write? This is the question. Um, well, I mean, what I want to write is like um, LGBT stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to write those kind of stories. Um, but that's just because I think there's not, even still now, not enough of them. No, there's not. But anything, like anything fun. Anything Let's fun. Let's write something fun. Yeah. I d- I no, could... I want to write, obviously, like the whole time I was um, studying at acting school, you know, all the tutors were very much like, you have to create your own work. They're yeah. like, you know, you you, you don't really realise until you graduate like how yeah. hard it is and to be sitting around constantly waiting for someone to give you a role or to be cast in something, a lot of what they were trying to hone into us was create your own work because otherwise you are. You're just waiting around for someone to be like, yes, we'll cast you. Yeah. And I think it's easier probably to create a name for yourself even if you are creating your own things. Um, that's my plan. But, you know, I need more um, discipline to see. You need more, you need more, way more discipline. More discipline, more time, please. <laughs> well, you were, you know, like, how, did COVID help? Like, you COVID hide? did help, actually, because I did a mentorship during COVID. Um, yeah, that was during COVID. But that did help. But it was like the second I start working again, like having to pay my rent, not with Centrelink money, then it's like, oh, I just like, it's hard to, to manage everything yeah. I want to do. Like, how do you find... Finding time to write when you work full time. That is a very good question. It's hard. Like it's, you know, I do, so, you know, I do podcasting. I do Mm -hmm. like directing. I do writing. I do like all sorts of stuff. So, I I mean, like for me, just, just finding the time and also kind of like putting characters that I want to see and also elements of myself. Like I like always try and write characters that are based a lot on kind of people I know or people or myself, you know, as I talked previously about characters in mind and actors in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I would love to write more stories that are, you know, uh, fantasy or sci-fi or LGBT, you know, Q, like, you know, just because being a part of that and also kind of growing, growing up a little bit from the outside perspective as well from it. Cause I didn't grow up with a huge like amount of friends who were, you know, LGBT. Well, they came out. This is the thing as well. We all came out later. Mm-hmm. We came out, but none of us knew in high school. Oh, none really? of us knew because none of us were comfortable coming out yeah. until much later. Yeah. And I had like really bad anxiety in high school. I was very depressed, very anxious. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a the, the more prevalent kind of like top layer. So when I came out all these years later and stuff, and I'm comfortable talking about these things, these are the stories I want to make because I kind of always knew I wanted to make them from such a young age. Yeah, cool. And I was like, okay, cool. I want to tell these stories and kind of tell the characters um, that I want to make. I like think that's kind of always where I've I've driven, and um, you know, just it's very important to me to kind of be like that and kind of you know uh, represent people who I know and are, you know, like me and similar to me and help them find their feet 
And I think that's really important. It's kind of like sharing my experience and sharing my journey. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, that sounds like such high school English class journey and but belonging. But at the same time, it's like encouraging and, and like promoting for other people to do the yeah. same without feeling any shame attached to it. It's like, it's good. It's in, It's like motivating. Yeah. I mean, like for me, um, I would love to... Like, I'm going to be that, you know, because I recently, like, also, um, you know, something about pronouns, which I, I didn't quite think about until, like, you know, probably, like, the recently. last couple of years. Yeah. And then, like, everyone's posting them on Instagram now. Yeah, everyone Everyone, does, right? like, Instagram. And my partner was like, oh, um, you know, ask, if she was like, I've never asked your pronouns. Like, what are your pronouns? And I was like, that's a good question because I've kind of, like, gone through pronouns like no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, I go through everything. Um. Yeah, so I think, like, I decided, you know, it wasn't even a decided, but I remember, like, talking to one of my friends years ago who's gay, and she was like, oh, how do you, you know, feel about yourself? And I was like, well, I feel like I'm, you know, a bit non-binary, a little bit, like, all over the shop. And she's like, would you like me to introduce you to my partner as they? And I was like, you know what, no, you can keep calling me he, but that's fine. Like, I'm just kind of trying to still figure it out. And I was like, you know what, I'm kind of going through the spectrum. So it can either be he, she, or they. Mm -hmm. Like, it really doesn't bother me because pick your own pronoun you want to call me. But I don't feel like any kind of like solidified element to it. And I think that's really interesting because for me, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really phase me. I know it phases other people because it's like strong, you know, how they want to identify. But for me, if someone called me they or you know, she or he, I would respond to all of them because okay. that's so kind of... so you don't feel like attached to one. No. Like so I kind of go or... through the motion. Yeah. Like it's like everything could work for me yeah. because, you know, like, he, you know, I like wearing dresses or skirts yeah. and stuff like that. Like I really kind of like, like everything mm-hmm. under the sun and I just kind of like stuck to this kind of idea that I had to be super straight growing up and now I'm like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. Like just be who I want to be. And not what everyone tells me to be. So have you put pronouns on Instagram? Or I have they? now done. <laughs> okay, what have you I've, got there? So I've got the he, she, they. And everyone's yeah. like, I've had no questions and that's mm-hmm. good. Um, but I had to delete some stuff so I could fit it on. So right, <laughs> it was, yeah. because it was a lot of words. But um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like with, you know, there was a period of time because Facebook also allows you to kind of like pick pronouns. On and Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Right. Can, you can be a they on Facebook. And um, I don't think I've made pronouns public on Facebook. I have a lot of work people on Facebook as well. But I think that was always kind of like a thing of what you know, like growing up and I was like, oh but you know, gotta enter this industry and be like accepted. Mm-hmm. And now I'm you know, I used to colour my hair. I used to be all sorts of colour blue, pink, oh green, goodness. you know, like all sorts. And now I'm kinda of like I miss that. I kind of miss having these weird haircuts and these like, you know, I you know recently painted my nails, and I, I haven't felt more at home since I painted my nails. I love it. That's amazing. Um, but I, they're also chipping, and I need to get them redone. <laughs> um, but I love these kind of things because they make me feel home. They make me feel like who I am. Can you dye your hair? Or you're not allowed with I'm, your job. I'm allowed with my oh, job, and I will it. always dye my hair. Yeah, great. Um, I'm kind of trying to keep it natural though for my Doctor Who thing, uh, because yeah. I, I, I'm just like we've already got one Doctor Who has coloured hair, and I don't want to be that other okay, one. Okay, sure. <laughs> because I, so I've got some very colourful jackets, and I get to wear them all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, generally like I had blue hair, I had a purple hair for a period of time. I had all sorts of colours. And I remember both exes, you know, um, two of my exes thinking, you must be bi. Like, it's 
you're crazy if you're not. Oh, really? Like, there was a, you know, because I used to say, no, I'm straight and all this right, stuff. So it was very yeah. much I came out and everything now. But, um, yeah, I've never felt more at home in my body, probably in the last two years, two, three years than I have, you know, now. That's amazing. It's it's so surreal. Every time I do something, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel more at home. Yeah. Like in this body of mine and I don't stress about Self-acceptance. It. Yeah, it's, it's a little beautiful. bit. It's, it, and I think it's like not labeling yourself as one thing or like not trying to put yourself in a box because I don't feel like I fit a box yeah. always. I feel like I'm just kind of almost anything and I can be this weird and amoeba yeah. of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, because that's how I've always imagined you know, growing up and fitting in this weird society mm-hmm. of, um, you know, Sydney. Because, you know, it's, growing up in Sydney was very different every decade. And I think when I found friends who were very accepting of the weirdness and the strangeness and my, you know, behaviours and kind of like quirkiness, it was kind of like I could accept more elements of myself because during high school, all the things that I wanted to accept, people called me weird for. Yeah, right. So I didn't feel comfortable. I thought I had to be a certain way. Yeah. So now that I can be whoever I want to be and I, you know, is much more accepting. Yeah, you like found your tribe. Yeah. Um. It's, you know, it's just kind of like you be who you want to be. I mean, was that like it for, you know, how was it growing up in your family? Did you tell out your family at a young age? Um, Relatively young, yeah. But my mum reckons that she already knew. So oh, like, really? Well, yeah, even though I had boyfriends in high school. Um, but like, I think that's kind of what happens a lot of the time. But I mean, I went through the whole like, oh, I think I'm bi. I did the whole like coming out as bi for a hot two yeah. seconds and then being like, oh, no, it's girls. But, <laughs> you know, like, it's interesting. I mean... I'm working at Magic Mike live at the moment, yeah. as you know, and it's like the first time I watched that, I thought like for 90 minutes straight, I was like, from the second, am I straight? These guys are so hot. But like, it's just funny, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I can obviously still find like both uh, sexes attractive. Like yeah. I can find the male physique very attractive, um, but I fall in love with girls. So. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's the emotional element. Like, it's easy to have a sexual attraction to someone, but the emotional attraction is yeah. a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, I know one friend who is gay, mm-hmm. and she has slept with guys, but says she has always gone, I have no emotional attraction to them at all. Yeah, right. Happy to sleep with them if I was single. Yeah, yeah. But no, like... So she falls in love with girls. Yeah, yeah. she's 100% like that. Um, yeah. Was, is that something, something similar to you growing up? As yeah, well? definitely. Um, I would say... That's almost the exact same. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I guess it's the emotional thing. Yeah. Mm. Where I, I don't know what it is. Because it's not like I don't find men interesting or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, I guess I was just born like that. Like, I'm just like, there's something about girls for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because, you know, it's that real, it's, yeah, it's the emotional thing. Like people don't realize it's a very much an emotional attachment mm. um and yeah like i have one friend who's, who's very gay and he just turned to me and goes i don't know what you like about women i really honestly oh don't <laughs> and i was like oh, but they're so lovely and sweet and he's like yeah but i have no interest in any of like wow. anything they possess and yeah. i'm like yeah but you have a lot of female friends they're like yeah that's true like i can connect with them on a personal level but i yeah. can't ever be sexually attracted to them wow. so he's like completely just only interested in guys yeah right um but then that happens as well but he you know i kind of like i was like what about trans people like what if you're emotionally attracted to someone who you know is trans male or something mm. like that? um or he's like mm, 
you know that could happen as well it's like so it's like he does question those things as well like it's yeah. not like i think gender fluidity and also sexuality fluidity does go alike but you know we do as people emotionally get attracted to you know that's where we kind of like know but I don't think I think that's why I don't like also the labels because yeah, it kind of sure. feels like a little bit like oh okay we have to be a certain way yeah you just it's like telling yourself you're only a certain thing yeah but then you're kind of limiting yourself you know so, yeah I don't know um <laughs> I feel yeah it's it's such a like I don't like limiting myself. <laughs> to anything so the next time i see you you're gonna have like three different hair colors and like... yeah i know look no look well who knows i might have different color paint and nails um but no i probably won't have like different i, th- I probably won't have different hair i don't know i want to see you with different hair you want to <laughs> see me with different hair um i think yeah it's it's funny when we you know think about because we grew up in the 90s and you know 2000s and stuff mm-hmm. so it's a very different era to yeah how people are growing up now I know, and they're yeah. so much more privileged in, yeah. a, in a lot of ways for the good though but i mean in terms of well like sexuality and gender and all of that it's definitely for the better for the people growing up now than yeah. probably what we experienced and hopefully it will only continue to get better yeah but i also think in mental health because you know you and i have anxiety and you know mental health issues and i think the growing up now with the resources that weren't as easily accessible for us until we were kind of like in our late teens, yeah, early and 20s. Yeah, and the open conversation around it yes. as well. Like yes. there's less of a stigma attached. If you, you know, back in the past, it's like if you were seeing a psychologist, people would be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now it's like, why aren't you seeing a psychologist? What's wrong with you? <laughs> do you do you see a psych at the moment? I do, yeah, at the moment I am. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's like very, it's very very helpful. It is, mm. and it's kind of like you know, it's almost like an unload because it's not your partner. It's kind of no, like yeah, a separate. No, yeah, it's so necessary, honestly. Um, like I, I think yeah, it's just kind of like the best thing. But do you take any medication for any of your? No, no, I'm not actually on medication for anxiety or anything. I just uh, self-medicate with yoga and meditation. <laughs> and how do you find that? Um, it's helpful. I try to do it. I try, I'm try. i trying at the moment to make it daily, which is the main thing I would struggle with, finding time each day to meditate. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, what if I can't find 10 minutes to meditate? Then you know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with me? So I, it should be a priority, basically. But I do think... I mean, a lot of what I, you know, have learned and read about um, talks about the importance of mindfulness in terms of lowering anxiety and stress. Yeah. And so I try to incorporate yoga and meditation into every day. But check in with me in like, I don't know, a few months because it's, it's relatively new for me that I'm doing it every day. Before I would do it sporadically if I was feeling anxious, whereas it should be a daily practice to avoid the anxiety. Yes. You know what I mean? And, so. like, were you anxious before coming here about what you'd talk about? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly backdoored it now. <laughs> you were I just was, like, um, <laughs> no, nah, I'll run away. <laughs> yeah, oh. no, I was. But I also know that you're very easy to talk to. So Thank I you. was like, I'll be fine. Yeah, I was like, I knew you would be a little bit anxious. Like, I was like, I don't know how anxious you're going to be. And it's like, you know, I want you to feel as comfortable as you can be. Thank you. Which, did you feel anxious? Do you get I anxious did, to do the to be the interviewer? I d- n- no, no. Interestingly, not. Um, it's generally because I get to ask all the questions. When the questions are thrown back yeah. at me, that's what I get anxious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you asked me a question, I was like, I don't know how to answer this. This is like having my own treatment back at me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think in terms of like that, as well, like uh, you know. Th- th- 
it goes to the long idea of like making it as well. Like, you know, fake it till you make it. But I also know that with you, I can talk to you very openly and freely about anything that's on my head. Yeah. Um, and be like, yeah, that's, you know, this is how we are. This is who we are. Yeah. And I've always had that ability with you um, ever since we met. And I think the difference going to set with someone who, or going to interview someone who I wasn't as comfortable to kind of doing that. Yeah. You have to kind of create as an interviewer also that comfortability, like that trust. It's a very trust. Have you of- had people quite anxious to do the podcast? Or have most people been relatively relaxed? I've had one or two. Okay, yeah. Because it's, like it's like a daunting thing. You don't know what you're going to get asked. Yeah, I know. And I, you and know I, what I mean? It's like, oh. um, and you get, it, you get to listen to it prior to it going to air. And you, oh, be like, and you can know. be like, oh, I hate it. I hated yeah, this and yeah. I hated that. Um, but I don't think we said anything that we particularly hate or anything. We're just kind of like, oh, okay. That's- yeah. <laughs> um, at least I hope not. Well, I mean, let's see when I listen back. To <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, I hate everything. I love it. I uh, hate my voice now. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, in terms of all that and the craziness that we kind of like exude, um, we we are also very like, you know, we, in terms of making it, do you feel like, I want to kind of talk about this because do you feel like you've made it or do you feel like you're still trying to make it? What's your version of making it? I am trying to change my mindset so that I focus on what I have and not what's missing, which is this new thing I'm doing. But basically, I mean, no, I don't, I wouldn't say I feel like I've made it, but if I look back at where I was and where I am now, then yeah, I'm succeeding. You know what I mean? And that's a better way to look at it. Obviously, I'm not where I where I want to be at in my career um, because ideally, like, I want to be in a TV series and I'm not yet. But at the same time, if I look back to when I just used to be like, oh, imagine having an agent, imagine getting to audition for things, then, yeah, I've, I've come a long way. And, yeah. um, you know, towards the end of last year, I was auditioning for some pretty big things. So that was very cool. And I have to remind myself that um, I'm at where I am at in my journey and not to compare myself to other people and where they're at. Because, yeah. Yeah, that's so important, I think. And what makes you, like, I don't know, w- w- want to work with, you know, people? Like, what's your, what's your difference between working with, you know, big pay gigs versus, like, small projects? Like, how do you know when you gauge those small projects who you want to work with? Um, I mean, usually I'll read the script and decide if I think the script sounds fun and good and if the people that are involved in it will be a fun time. Like, if it's a smaller thing, it's more about, okay, well, well, will it be fun, number one, and will it give me something that will be quality for my reel? Mm. And then if I think those two things are ticked off, then, yeah, I'm going to do it um, and put my time into it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, like anything that's that comes through my agent, uh, usually, I mean, if it's TVCs, it's going to pay me lots. So I'm like, yeah, yep, <laughs> I'll do it. And then if it's anything bigger, then, yay, that's what I want. So, yeah. But I also don't want to limit myself. Like I'll, I'll say yes to things at the moment because I just want to be on set and I want to be doing what I want to be doing because it's fun. Like I love acting, so I'm going to say yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, I don't know if that was a good compliment for myself or just like in general. Cause like, no, it was because I read in terms of the trailer, I read the script and was like, oh, this sounds so fun. And yeah. same with the Doctor Who scene. Yeah, that's true. I mean like you, you, you're generally wanting someone who's like, oh, I like to want to try this and – you know, and think this might be a good idea, but you also read it and also kind of look into it. Yeah, so you it's got to be beneficial for both sides. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? I know, which is kind of the ludicrousy of this industry because it's kind of like you you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that makes you good at deciding. 
That makes yeah. you good at like kind of going, I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And you're also one of those people who like, I, you get easily excited by projects as well. You get very yeah, excited um, by, I think when you meet people, like you were very excited from the get go with meeting me. I remember you messaged me being like, oh, Amy does acting as well. Like get her involved. And like you are, you were just, I guess, like you're very excited, excitable about things, which is great. And it kind of like feeds off my excitable nature. And I think that is when you meet people who aren't like that and they just go, oh, yeah, whatever, you're kind of like... Yeah, it's like a wet towel on your uh, excitement. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, is it, because you're a massive nerd as well. That's <laughs> something that people don't know about you as well. You kind of... True, really, so, like, I'm a hidden nerd. <laughs> so you're anxiety, gay, and nerdy, <laughs> and no one seems to guess any of these things. I just present myself too cool, you know. Uh, like, you're too cool, know, you're so, suave, you're yeah. clearly too straight for the world. Um <laughs> I know, like, you you know, you're a huge Buffy fan, which I think is where, like, you really stem out of your nerdiness. Yeah, for sure. But you love all those things, you know, completely. Although I hadn't seen Doctor Who. I did admit that to you, remember? Yes, I was. I, like, was Im- I have not seen. I'm surprised but that you never, you never watched it. Yeah, then. yeah. I definitely uh, have a nerd aspect, though. Like, I love reading. I love, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, who can say what's dorky and what's not? Like, I mean, I think we're cool. You know yeah, I, mean? I think we're cool. <laughs> we're we cool. know we're cool. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but you know, I feel like with with Buffy, it's also like when you know that show is dated. Oh, that so show dated. is so yeah, dated. Yeah, I tried now. to get Amy to watch it. Oh, like years ago, and it just season one and two, like they look so old. You know, like yeah, it's hard to get people to watch it. And invest in the, in the early seasons, but you got to get through the early seasons to get to the really good stuff. I think um, it's like one of my favorite seasons is still season three with the mayor. Oh yeah, yeah, and Faith. And, yeah, and Faith. Mm-hmm. Faith was great. Like such a great character. So I didn't like. I only liked her for that season. I don't think she should have stuck around as long as she did. But I feel like I liked her as an initial kind of like good person, then bad person, yeah. then kind of like corrupt. Like, she just wasn't a perfect slayer. Yeah. She was kind of flawed in all her ways, and she was very much self-opinionated and driven and a bit like Buffy, but Buffy was also kind of like about the gang, the Scooby gang and all yeah, that. Yeah, like, true. Um, but I also kind of, I, over the seasons, hated Xander. Oh, I yeah. really didn't like him after a while. Well, he was kind of one of the boring characters. And but he, he was, was very whingy. He was very whingy and became very arrogant. And I think that was only after he, got, he slept with um, Faith and... Got oh, with, yeah. um, got with, oh, who's he put what? Not Anya. No, not Anya before that. It was Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia. Ah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, he got with Will- uh, Cordelia Willow. Oh, yeah, he kind of got with a lot of people. Anya and Faith. And yeah. I'm like, well, damn, mm. damn, boy. Um, but I feel like that show also, it's funny because Joss Whedon now is very much blacklisted. <laughs> He's is had a he bit really? of well, he he's had a bit of a wit. Well, he had a bit of a sexual affair, like oh. um, he had an affair and stuff. So he's sort of like controversial now because he did Agents of Shield and Age of Ultron and Avengers. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, then he had a bit of a controversy over the years. So he was a little bit like disappeared into the ether. What's your opinion on social media? Because you're not active very much <laughs> no, on social media. I'm not. I'm not a big social media user. Um, I. I actually deleted Instagram off my phone last year, like the app. I mean, I still have an Instagram. If you look me up, you're going to find me. You can follow me and then you'll think I haven't followed you back. But it's just because I'm not on there. Um, like I don't I don't have it on my phone. But I, I probably actually need to take it more seriously for my career. You know what I mean? Like it's actually quite a pivotal thing that actors use mm. in terms of networking and in terms of 
I guess, showing your work um, and promoting yourself. But I'm really bad at self-promotion. Like I'm awful at it and I always feel like such a wanker. But it's the one thing that I need to kind of yeah. take more seriously and get better at because it is um, really important. Um, but it's hard. Like it's hard, I think, um, not to compare yourself which is kind of the reason I got off of it. Like I was just like getting a little bit too anxious with seeing what everyone else was doing and yeah. feeling like I wasn't doing the same thing or I wasn't as good. Um, and so for my mental health, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a bit of a detox yeah. from this. And that's been great. But at the same time, I need to get back on it and but use it from, for myself in a professional way Yeah. where I'm like um, being smart about it. Yeah. You know? Because do you not, does it not affect your anxiety? Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. Like the, the, <laughs> I agree with that entirely. And I'm glad you asked that because it does. It, 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 like I feel when, when I post that, like the thing that the only Instagram account, which I don't feel like I have to, like, I've got three. I've got my main photo one, which I post all my photography stuff. Mm. I've got my sort of producing one, which I post like stuff that is about filmmaking as well as just general stuff. And I've got the things we do, mm-hmm. which is all about like, you know, this podcast and, you know, promoting this. But I definitely think for ages I didn't post enough about on social media. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know what to say. But my Facebook is scattered with information that is more about movies and stuff. It's not right. really about me. Yeah. And I do that purposely because I'm such a person who doesn't really like that attention. It's a funny thing is I'm such a like, oh, I spread myself everywhere. But I'm also like, no, this is me. Yes. And I want to hide it. So yeah. a little bit of that is like it does make me very anxious. Um, like I'm terrible at self-promotion. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely shocker at it my dad's been saying to me for years get a website for your photography and i'm like oh no but whatever everyone hates it yeah, and he's like no right. one's gonna hate it you're good so it's all these things that i actually don't i'm good at but i don't think i'm good at yeah and it's believing in yourself to do it like i'm very like constantly oh my god, oh my god i'm so stressed yeah it's, it's a very like uh, yeah i get very and it's, it's not caring what other people think which is hard, but yeah. that's also really important. Like in terms of, because it's easy to be seen as like I don't know, like you know, up yourself, or like if you're constantly promoting yourself, or like, hey guys, look at me in this thing, or look what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. But at the same time, you just hope that the people that follow you and that are your friends understand that you're using it for your career in a professional way, and they you don't, don't yeah. think that you're just like really full of yourself. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I'm very full of myself. <laughs> How do you guys not know? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's very true. And I kind of like, someone said to me recently, like, you know, you've, you've interviewed so many people who were so, su- you know, very successful and mm-hmm. or, you know, a lot of people who have made it further in life than I thought, and you know, than I have. And I'm like, no, everyone's made it in different points. It's kind of like versus what where you think you are versus where you actually are. So I think it's very good to have a disconnect, you know, like, don't get, you know, it's like we go back to, I don't compare myself to where you're at yes. versus where I'm at. Like, I get to work with you. That's the most exciting thing. That's kind of where I get to see it because I get to work with you, you get to work with me, and we kind of like do something together. But that's kind of always how you have to approach everything you do. And you that's how you network. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. how you just approach people. You ask people, hey, are you interested in this idea? Because I feel like if you're afraid to ask, you're not going to you're not going to make a career for yourself. It's a, quite a daunting thing, but it never hurts to ask. And that's something my mom taught me at a very young age. Mm. Like, it never hurts to ask questions. Um, but I also, agree, you know, there's no there's no such thing as a dumb question. There's just asshole people. 
who don't want to give you an answer. Is that what your mom said? <laughs> no, that's not what my mom said, but that's what I think. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, yes, there are a lot of stupid people in the world, but I don't think there's a lot of dumb questions to be asked because if you genuinely don't understand something, ask. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> but also, I feel like um, if you ask questions and people make you feel dumb, there's something wrong with them. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? It's like, why can't you ask questions? If you're learning and that's your focus, why yeah, can't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. It's just really funny that we kind of compare ourselves to each other. I know, yeah. It's like an ingrained thing that people do and it's hard not to, but I think it's so important to – like that's the one thing I'm starting to try not to do is just not compare myself. Because that's when you'll fall into like depression or fall into, oh, I'm not good enough or look what they're doing and, yeah. you know, it's, it doesn't really help you at the end of the day. No, and I think you're really good and I think like, you know, you have a lot of fun and you have a lot of bright energy that, you know, like – and funnily enough that, you know, I know you're an anxious person, but you're also very open to talking about that versus like – uh, you know, but only when, you know, you feel comfortable as well. Yes, that's yeah. The, that's the thing as well. It's like you are one of the people that you have to be comfortable with someone to open up about this stuff and then talk to them. Yeah, it helps to know if the other person is like similar as well and then mm. you're not just like a weirdo, but... Um... You're not a weirdo. <laughs> don't worry, you're not at all. Um, Thanks. I like you a lot. So I don't think you're weird at all. Um Plus, you brought snacks. So I did, I'm, yeah. I, I brought cookies. <laughs> which we are going to snack into after um, podcasting. But, you know, like, I think you're one of those people who you you try so hard at working with, with different people and you're kind of trying to throw yourself into different aspects and different things. And I think that's the only way to go forward, especially with social media. But, I do, you know, like, I do agree with you with social media. It is a very daunting stupid mm. thing in a way it is so stupid that we have to network ourselves in this really kind of like mm, it's so fabricated fabricated but... way and i just want to be the honest you know honest version of myself that i can be so that people want to employ this version of me not a version they want it's like no you're hiring me so you get this kind of personality with again like you know i'm gonna tell you when you're wrong and i'm gonna tell you when you're right like i'm gonna but i'm thorough like, I do my job because it's my job. Like, but I feel like a lot of people go in and just kind of, like, it's a wink when I do photography. It was like, you know, people go, oh, you take a lot of photos of a lot of pretty girls. And I'm like, that's the last thing I'm thinking about when I take photos. <laughs> First thing I'm thinking about is how the fuck do I like that thing? Yeah. Like, that's my stress. Um, and then everyone goes, oh, man, they're so pretty. And I'm like, I don't even notice. Like, half the time you just go, what do you want? Okay, cool. I've got to set this up and I've got to set this up and yeah. I've got to make this work. So it's like you're not even really thinking about it. And everyone thinks that this is why I don't like the glorification of everything. It's mm -hmm. just everyone going, oh, you know, like, you know, you meet all these girls and all these things. Yes. This was something that my exes used to get very jealous oh, about right. as well. And I'm so glad I'm in a, you know, I'll praise the relationship that I'm in at the moment because she just doesn't get jealous about anything. Because I said to her very early on, I was like, I have a lot of female friends. Like, take that or leave that. And mm -hmm. she was like, that's cool. That's fine. And, you know, th th she doesn't question anything about anything. And I think that's really good. That's a healthy trust yeah. versus, like, people, you know, who kind of question your entire being. But also you're you're in this industry and you're a creative and you're trying to create, like, your your photos are creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not just, like, this sleazy photographer dude being like, where's a pretty girl I can take a photo of? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, also, like, um, you know, I've definitely, you know, when I have 
to take, you know, like we have children on set and stuff and, you know, you explain to the parents, like, what are you, you know, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. You, you know, it's like, you're not just kind of bringing people on and being like, oh yeah, they're like going to be a creepy, you know, you're just kind yeah. of like, it's all these things of you got to go through. And I can't believe that people do go into this industry going and being like, meet all the people and stuff like that. It's like, no, get, get the fuck away. Yeah. Go away. Don't, yeah. You're not part of this industry. Um, you're just part of a creepy cult then. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a lot of people like that on Star Now, unfortunately. Yeah, now but, you know, like, like I gauge, but I always like think it's always how you approach the email and how much you ask questions as well. Like you list out what you're doing, mm. you say exactly what's going to be entailed, uh, never leave anything vague. Yes. Because, you know, and always go feel free to ask me questions or here's my contact number. Yeah. And they go, cool. All right, I'll contact you anytime. Like, yeah, and also having like a body of work to show. Yeah. Helps. You know oh my god, I mean? does it? I'm always some people that like don't have anything to show, but they say they're something, but they don't even have one tiny thing to show you. And it's like, but if you've been doing this for so long, where the fuck's your yeah? Where's, where, the fuck's where's your photos or where's your whatever you're saying you do? You know? Yeah, I I really need to update Star now a bit more. I'm really bad at it now. Oh, just because I don't, I use my Instagram now really to yeah. promote my photography and stuff. And I realized I was like, oh god, some of the photos on there are like two years old. I should probably update them. Um, and I probably need to get a new headshot as well because, like, every couple of years I realize I need a new headshot uh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm looking different again. Like, I'm yeah. going to get an updated um, one. But, yeah, it is very, like, it's very strange how you have to, we have to market ourselves as a certain type. And I think the more older I get, the less I'm concerned with kind of what the world thinks of me too much. Like, in terms of a you know, like this, you, you know, student thing. Yeah. Like people who believe in me know I can, are capable of doing it. People that don't believe in me, you know, just haven't, you know, think that I'm not industry standard or like stuff like this. And I think that's a very misconception. Like, you know, everyone's a professional, but at the end of the day, we're all kids in this giant sandpit of play box mm-hmm. and we just have fun. And you've got to just create these, you know, environments that you have fun with, but also do your job. But yeah, it's a very kind of like... I know, there's a lot of weirdos on Star now. There are a lot of weirdos and it just creeps me out. I know. <laughs> I'm like, how do you gauge through it actually? I don't know. I'll just like, I can sometimes tell in the listing or like in their message, you know, like you'll get a vibe. But I haven't had any lately, which is a good thing. Like I haven't seen any come up lately where I'm like, this yeah. just doesn't seem right. Well, there was one guy that was like doing time for print photos. Oh, no. And what he was asking... Um, you know, girls to travel really far out and to this random reserve, which I looked up and was literally in the middle of nowhere. And I was oh. like, no, nah, fuck that. That seems weird. That seems and then cool. he was kind of passive aggressive on his message. And I was like, no. Nah. Murderer, yeah, murderer. Yeah, something's so off. So you just have to be careful, really. Um, yeah, that's, um. oh, what time is it? It's, oh, 5.30. Yeah. We should. How have we talked for that long? Oh I, th- I don't know. Yeah, it's an hour 42 we've been chatting for. An hour 42, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm never surprised. We should probably wrap things up. (laughs) (laughs) How do you Um, do your little wrap up? All right, well. Wrap it up. Wrap me up. Wrap wrap you up like a Christmas present kind of thing? (laughs) With a bow. With a a bow and like everything. Um, No, um, yeah, I'll just guess. I'll say thank you for joining me. (laughs) It's a very like artificial (laughs) way. But no, I really enjoyed our conversation because it's always a delight chatting to you and getting 
like to have these sort of breakdowns with you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It was a joy. I'm glad. A true joy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and yeah, this is um, tune in next week, everyone, for another episode of the Things We Do podcast. And I will speak to you all then. All right. Bye. Bye.